In today's quest, we learn that it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. And this is the quest for power. Welcome back to the Quest for Power, where we are ranking and reviewing all of the European monarchs from the early Middle Ages to World War I. We are your hosts, Scott and Michael, and we will continue our story through the struggle for Italy and ultimately the Ostrogothic crown. So now with our intro out of the way, let's talk about the, uh, the business side here. So like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Quest for Power Pod, or email us at questforpowerpod at gmail.com. Okay. All that good stuff because, you know, we enjoy likes and also so that way you can continue to yeah. get better notifications for our content. All that good stuff. You've, you're in the algorithms. You know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> all right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the, uh, of the segment, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So what what have you been up to? I ah. mean, well, I I mean, you did kill someone in D and D yesterday, which was uh, quite entertaining. It was actually pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's well, it's one of those things. I forgot about the uh, our intro course here, where we're having a or having an appetizer. So uh, yeah, I, I felt kind of bad about this. So it's one of the few times where, like, I have a player death and I feel, like, genuinely bad about it uh, because I felt that there are a couple things. Is One is that because we play it on a uh, bi-weekly basis, it makes it harder for a lot of stuff to stick. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff that, like, did mildly allude to the uh, the death trap, as it were. But it was said two weeks ago, and that's uh, that can be that yeah. can be difficult to remember. So it, it kind of felt to me playing it through, like seeing it out in practice, was it felt a little bit out of the blue. Yeah, I don't think any of us saw that coming until it happened. Like we knew something great wasn't going to be at the bottom of it, but but I don't think we saw that coming out because it was yeah. kind of a it was a fun little twist though when you got to see the other end of um whatever port portal you created yeah yeah uh, for the reference it was a uh, a big i guess door or drain that opens up at the bottom of the ocean and all of these characters get sucked in due to this new space being opened lots of water pouring in throwing the characters through. Now, the characters have various options to try and resist this uh, this torrent and this flow of water. And ultimately, we had one player who was arguably the most athletic in the group, uh, were proceeded to fail again and again and again. <laughs> yep. And at the bottom, uh, there was a, uh, a big black sphere that all this water was dumping into. And uh, for seasoned players, this uh, rings a lot of red bells in their minds because this is usually what they call a sphere of annihilation, which destroys all matter. 
like entirely. So something you don't want to, you do not want to come in contact with it. And ultimately he failed. The good news was it wasn't a, it wasn't a sphere of annihilation. He did not instantly perish. Instead, it was a portal that went to somewhere else at the bottom of the ocean. Or he was and, crushed to death. And that, that is where ocean pressure took its toll. And uh, we had a one uh, monk, uh, a tortle monk, uh, make his end at the bottom of the ocean in some unknown location. Yep. Uh, but it's it quite interesting. But I think that I there was like a little like riddle i suppose or a rhyme that alluded to it a couple of weeks prior now uh yeah and... i can see that now that i remember it but oh i i don't think any of us saw that coming i think we all just kind of went well the water's sucking us in so <laughs> yeah here, yeah here we go <laughs> yeah so it, it felt a little bad but uh the good news is is that uh the part the player character uh or the person who's playing him has been playing uh, since a very young age and has taken it pretty well in stride uh, and seems to be looking forward to a new character. So we'll have yeah. the privilege of whatever interesting character he creates next. It was funny that uh, another player wanted to die but couldn't quite pull it off. <laughs> well, yeah, without making it too forced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, that, that's just how the dice roll. Alrighty, let's start out with, well, the potatoes of this, and that being the sources. Got to eat those first. And uh, we have the histories of Procopius from the Romans' point of view, as we discussed last week. Uh, he is alive at this time, and he's writing for Justinian, the Roman emperor's ego. So it's pretty heavily favored towards Rome. And then after that, he recants everything that happened in this secret history book. So we don't know what what um, is the real truth. We have a lot of uh, guesses as to what could have happened. And then we have the ever so present Jordanes, who everyone loves to bash uh, in terms of historical sources. So we got that also going for us. Dubious sources, you know typical for fifth century europe fourth sixth century europe so previously scott do you recall what has happened previously on our little journey all right let's see we had uh, another the uh, theo name yeah theoda had is that right yes yeah i believe so all right yep yeah your favorite your theo names that's right uh so theoda had uh, was our fellow that was after our queen uh, with a long name, I think, yes. Amalasuntha. So, Amalasuntha. I almost said Theo de Gotha, but that's a... <laughs> that's a different... Diff that's, that's, that's a different that, person. Is that our sister? Uh, I think it's her... Or daughter, one of the two. Yeah, one of the... I yeah. think it might have been a daughter. Uh, anyways, so uh, he... Uh, was caught up in a potential uh, a, a potential assassination of his former co-ruler, although dubious at best, uh, has to deal with um, uh, the beginning of, the beginnings of war over this and also uh, Justinian poking his nose in where it don't belong. And you be doing that. 
Uh, oh gosh, let's see what else. Uh, he also got. He was assassinated, right? Yeah, yeah. He basically did nothing. Yeah, I remember he didn't do much, so yeah. I kind of had to skip. <laughs> yeah, he basically went. All right, go ahead, Rome. Just, just destroy Naples. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, there's comments I, I about. Yeah, yeah, the government was not literally doing anything to protect the people. And so then Rome just waltzes in and messes everything up. And then, yep, our poor king gets assassinated. And uh, the rest is history. That is that is true. And with that, we are on to the main quest. All rise and do respect to Vitigus the Unlucky, king of the Ostrogoths. As always, we don't know when Vitigus was born because he was not of a royal house. Sources have guessed because of his age at certain times in history that it was around the 6th century uh, is when he was born. He married into the royal house Amali to Matasuntha, who, if you remember previously, is Amalasuntha's daughter. So you have the Theo kings and then we have the Suntas for the, the women in this kingdom. Interesting. And uh, as we discussed, after Theoda had put up zero resistance to the invading Romans, the Gothic nobility went, I'm, I'm no, get, get out. And uh, they named Vitigus king. And he was able to become a king due to his marriage to Matasuntha. So he basically married to become king, which is kind of interesting. That normally doesn't, you normally don't think that would happen. Normally it's like you would just take someone else's household, right? Or am I thinking this wrong um, here? Have you heard of other people where they marry to become king? Mm, of like over, uh, like to be over them, not like king consort or prince consort they become like the king yeah no i don't think i've heard of that usually like the the royalty happens further down the line if you're if you marry and then yeah you know, you, you I... get you get in some level of like royalty and then just things just kind of happen you know the dominoes and the uh the tetris blocks fall into place but i don't think i've seen a more direct route like that yeah that's that's quite impressive if you think about it i never when i was research i never thought of that but now i just thought of that that's kind of odd that's quite that's already a notch under his belt <laughs> he married it to become a king uh his first act as king was to mar uh was to murder theoda had so and you know good riddance <laughs> okay it's not an all-star technically he ordered him to be brought to him dead or alive but it's One essentially is easier <laughs> yeah yeah the person who whose job it was thought yeah dragging his body all the way back and then and then we execute him just too much work so and unfortunately like this is the name of the game you have to eliminate any possible threats to your rule even if they just want to focus on their poetry like theoda had wanted to and for some reason he decided to take the throne in the middle of a big gothic war between the ostrogoths and the romans and his predecessor left him with a giant mess to clean up i mean Rome is, has invaded the borders of this once proud 
kingdom and they are just cleaning up house and just you know conquering vast amounts of territory in italy at a a strong sense of strong sense of civic duty yes yeah immediately he sprang into action he summoned every able man across the kingdom he armed them gave them a horse with the exception of the garrison and gull who he's like you guys just stay on guard duty because we don't know what the Franks are going to do. And we'd rather not, you know, be caught with our pants down. Boy, this feels like foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny. I mean, he's already doing way better than Theoda had. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Look at that. You got higher than three. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's already going (laughs) to... beat him in terms of the rankings he sent four thousand of his men to rome in preparation from the oncoming attack from belisarius if you remember belisarius is the general he landed in italy he is the previous general who took out the vandals so he's an impressive dude and uh so again he's doing something about an oncoming threat another good thing Unfortunately, the city of Rome's Gothic garrison needed the populace to support them because, I don't know if you know this, Rome's a massive city. And their long-stretched walls weren't exactly the greatest at this time after years of decay. So, you know, you would need the populace to be able to, you know, (laughs) defend yourselves under a siege. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the populace who, they're like, no, I'm not a fan of being an Ostrogothic subject. I've been a Roman my entire life. Uh, You know, go to hell. And with that, the Goths were uh, defeated. And uh, without the the garrison was kind of SOL. And Rome fell to Belisarius. And the Eternal City was back in Roman hands. Uh, It only took them 60 years to get it back. Yeah, one lifetime. Yes, yeah. Or or several kings lifetimes. Well, that's much less. That's much <laughs> less long lived. That is that is true. Uh Belisarius like basically recalled most of his uh forces in Italy to Rome and kind of regroup and like, you know, like reset the campaign. Let hit the restart button. Um but yet you're going to be farther along ahead. Uh, Vitigus received the news of loss of Rome after the messenger came by telling him that another messenger told him that a Roman force was spotted in Tuscany. Uh, for those looking in a map in their head, Tuscany is the, re- is the region Florence, Italy is in. And this force was led by Basas, the Roman force, was who was of Gothic descent, but he did not follow Theodoric the Great into Italy when Theodoric marched over. So he was kind of left, so he kind of stayed Roman. In the response, Vitigus sent a force to Dalmatia. Remember, this is the land east of the Adriatic Sea, and they retook the city of Salona, which was previously arrested from Gothic control when Theodahad did nothing with his life. And then he and himself, he himself took two to 30,000 men to Rome. 
That is what the sources say. Any all sort in terms of numbers of soldiers for any you can say this for any ancient battle you have to take that with a grain of salt we have zero idea the actual numbers for these kind of thing and a lot of them like to you know make it sound way bigger so if like they attacked them or if they were defeated it, it seemed you know way more impressive for the romans yeah yeah well makes sense Propaganda and, runs deep in uh, our history. So, Scott, if you're looking to punish Rome and to really, you know, cut cut them loose and uh, put the screws to him, what are you first going to do after, you know, you get to Rome? After you get to Rome? Ugh. Yeah. What are you going to do to try and create hardship for the population? Besides the, the standard, you know, siege, don't let anyone in and out. Yeah. Uh, oh, so we haven't we we're we're sieging. We haven't broken in yet. Correct. All right. Uh, well, we. Uh, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, we could start flinging stuff into the walls. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you could do that. Um, like, like uh, you know, makes me think of like you fling scary things, demoralizing things. Like uh, makes me think of like uh, Lord of the Rings where they 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 flung like decapitated heads. Uh, yeah, uh, over the walls. Unfortunately for them, there's no plague victims to hurl over the walls yet. Yeah, so... It's a shame. Yeah, that, that's just practical. <laughs> that's just practical warfare. <laughs> nah, you gotta just do do scary things. Um, I mean, you could try and mess with their water supply. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. I mean, water. Think about it. Water. You need. Um, you two to three days, no water. You're dead. So. He cut the aqueducts that were leading, and that reduced Belisarius's garrison because they had to get him out of the, you know, that city because of they couldn't supply them with all yeah, that water. Yeah. yeah, I guess I didn't think it'd be. That's so crazy that it was that easy to, you know, get to the aqueducts. Right? You think that would be like the most secure line, but I guess if it wasn't designed to be fortified right like if I, rome is yeah. so big that it, it just, if it wasn't built for fortification then i was gonna say you know, think... aqueducts being undefended would be uh yeah this would be like our sewer systems like our sewer systems aren't exactly you know defended you know <laughs> well that's not fair because you Should know our phone. cities are not designed for sieges because sieges these days are kind of like well that's that's what i mean rome wasn't exactly designed for a siege yeah. They were, you know, they, that the aqueducts, I mean, think about it. Back then, Rome was like this big metropolitan. So, you know, the, the water, they didn't really need to think, you know, when they first built these, you know, Rome was this flourishing powerhouse. Like the borders were, you know, way past anything. They could never imagine anyone attacking Rome. So, yeah. and then, you know, this is, it, it's kind of the, the, you know, it's, doesn't have its same glory they don't have the same infrastructure anymore so therefore it's just easier to cut those and to destroy those although that'd be kind of a pain i don't know what they use like pickaxes probably i mean you could probably depending on like how easy they are to reach you could probably just like stop it with like rocks and stuff yeah you just clog it up divert it yeah break it divert it and give it to you yeah yeah i think probably you just stop it right like you just 
that, throw a bunch yeah. of like rocks and stuff in there and like yeah that's probably what i would try and do yeah as far uh, as like if you're talking like a water line going in yeah so Vitigus did that so that's a you know that's really smart really good he outnumbered his opponents two to one according to the sources however he didn't have enough men and this is going to become a big problem in a lot of medieval sieges to surround the city oh yeah there's just not enough soldiers in these times and so he had to set seven camps to hold the siege one each horcrux i'm sorry not sorry um but there were significant gaps in his blockade uh so messengers can get through messengers can get through supplies can get through especially like at night so he they knew they could not outlast rome it was nearly impossible so he began preparations to invade the city so with this he set everything in motion he began the assault with the siege towers ladders and rams so he went all in with siege equipment like he Mm -hmm. he threw the kitchen sink at them after ferocious fighting between the two sides, the siege engines were destroyed, and Vitigus had to be content to sit and blockade the city, even though he couldn't seal the gap. So he kind of failed on that, but, you know, I kind of get what he had to do. He couldn't exactly sit there all day long, so he tried. Yeah, gotta gotta build more engines and try, try again next time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, his opponent, though, Belisarius, he's not exactly the dumbest uh, general. He liked to keep the Goths on their toes. So what he kept doing is he, you know, th- while they're trying to build these siege engines, he would send out his own troops and keep harassing the attackers. Yeah. So these quick little skirmishes would break out. And on top of that, they have, you know, they have their arrow, the their archers up on the walls, so they can, you know, even go after the Goths and harass them from there as well. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I'm thinking in the right mind, because I was thinking that too. It's yeah. bold to expose some guys, though, because if you're uh, outnumbered, you yeah, only it, got... You have well, a finite manpower resource. I, I think he was he was fine sack again unfortunately generals have to think this way it's why grant won the civil war you he was thinking to sacrifice those men to draw um vitigus out into the big open full-blown engagement you Mm -hmm. know attacking rome with the walls and all of it their forces back and uh then he could decide land a decisive blow against the goths and finally be done with them but alas, uh, Vitigus never took the bait. Good for him. So after all this is going on for a while, you know, this is not fun for no. anyone involved. <laughs> no, it's arguably the most miserable thing you could be doing at the time. Uh, the His men, uh, Belisarius's men, and the citizens of Rome are tired of this nonsense. I mean, it, could you imagine just every day this is your this is your new life now of, you know, just fighting outside the walls and knowing you can't go anywhere. You're essentially in a prison, a loosely guarded prison, but a prison no less. No, some things never change. And, plenty, uh, uh, plenty of folks these days got that, you know got a similar story too you know <laughs> that i was yeah uh, yeah i was thinking about that yep yeah 
so they they started going to Belisarius, do something. And he went, as you wish. He sent a two-pronged attack. He sent the main force and they sally, uh, sallied out of the Salarian and Pincian gates. I cannot say those words. Uh, those are the gates that are north of the city. So he's, and then he sent uh, to, to like draw out um, the big force. And then at the same time, a small uh, Moorish cavalry and Roman citizens came out of the uh, Aurelian gates to uh, stop Gothic reinforcements from coming in and, you know, hitting the flank of the Roman, of the Romans. And for a while, this worked. The Romans gained an upper hand. Their archers were pushing back the Gothic cavalry from the Reign of Arrows. I mean, <laughs> don't matter how fast your horses are, they still get pierced by arrows along with the riders. That's right. Uh, the the force that crashed onto the flank of Vitigus, and they kind of swept all those before him. So, like the Roman citizens themselves are doing pretty well, along with you know his his cavalry. So this is not a great start for Vitigus. He is he's kind of getting his back pressed to the wall, and the Romans kept pressing their advantage, and then they got cocky. They landed at the Gothic camps. These citizens are not your, you know, your highly disciplined soldiers. They're normal people who are just trying to live, you know, come, you know, live by. So they started looting the camp, the the yeah. Gothic camp. And Vitigus saw an opening in this confusion and then he basically sent in his reinforcements against them from a different uh, force and massacred the looters, absolutely destroyed them. So while <laughs> that is going on, the two main forces are in brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat. The Goths lost a substantial number of men and horses until the right wing of the force for the horses and infantry witnessed what was going on, and then they too fell on the Romans. They kind of like, wait, 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 and they go. The mm -hmm. Roman cavalry, though, struck, were, yeah, the Roman cavalry was struck by the Gothic spears, and they were put to flight, and they were unable to hold off a Gothic cavalry charge. So they dropped their shields and ran back in the city. So Vitigus got somewhat of a victory. Unfortunately, Rome is still under Belisarius's control, they stopped an assault on his camp, but they didn't break the siege. So all that for nothing. Yeah. Well, I have to see what the what the uh, death toll is. <laughs> I don't know what the death toll is. They don't. They didn't. I. I don't. I'm, I'm, they said it was high. Between uh, they said a lot of Gothic forces. The pro-Roman sources said that the Gothic forces lost like too many like a, a vital amount interesting um, and uh i i've heard i've seen some sources say that the romans lost equal amount and despite you know it being a uh they the roman sources try to portray this little battle as a roman victory when it 
as you we just described it, it was clearly a gothic victory. Just Rome was able to mm -hmm. hold. Yeah. Well, the siege dragged on. Belisarius kept sending out skirmishes between these two sides, but there was no massive battle. Both camps were faced with starvation, and now diseases started running along the longer the siege dragged on. So Belisarius, though, despite being under siege, he received reinforcements. So clearly the, you know, this, <laughs> the seven camps just couldn't pull it. And then Vitigus received news that Belisarius then sent a detachment, probably fresh troops, and they started burning and pillaging the Gothic heartland north of Rome. So they circumvented the Gothic army and started attacking their backside. And all of the, you know, the it, the defenseless towns that they could. And then a messenger came by with more bad news because, you know, God forbid he actually have a win. Uh, for the, the city of Arminium, which is modern day Rimini, uh, fell. So, but in this city was behind the Gothic line. So appearing the news, Viticus did not want to be caught in a pincer. So he broke the siege. He burned his camps. You know, he couldn't even really take time to grab his supplies and he fell back. So, you know, not, not great. <laughs> He's doing things well, right. It's just, he doesn't have the supplies that Rome has. Yeah. Just, just, it just doesn't line up. Yeah. So, Belisarius continued his conquest. He conquered more towns such as Amelia. Wow, that is how you say it. Amelia, Urbinium, and he came up to Meladonium. Medolium. I'm just going to say Milan. He came up to Milan sometime between 538 and 539. So he's conquered most of Italy up to this point. Okay. No, that's, I mean, this, this is lining up with some of my recollection. Yeah. Yeah. So at he, this point. <laughs> yeah. For those who know Belisarius, they probably know this story quite well. And yeah. uh, so Vitigus, though, caught a break. Um, so the Romans tried to take Milan and they were unsuccessful in taking it and then you know the failure of that caused a discord in the roman leadership they must have you know one person said <laughs> you know he probably went you know oh you did this wrong no you did this wrong um you know pointing fingers mm, politics yeah and just as soon as he caught his breath to regroup because of a stalemate, he received a message from his scouts that a huge army of the Franks were descending from the Alps yeah. and headed their yeah. way. Good call on the foreshadow. Saw that one coming. I mean, you know, at least he left his troops behind, yeah. his garrison behind, to to just in case. Yeah, yeah. Too well, bad we're to find did... out how well this works. Yeah. If you're if you're Invidious, though, you probably be like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I would probably look to the heavens and went, what did I do to piss you off? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I worship you. I try and do things right. What do you want me to do? Oh, we're not seeing a whole lot of fervor in this uh, summary. 
I'm not giving him a high score on his uh, religious <laughs> his passion. Religion. No. So, no, the Franks fell upon both armies with their fest troops, and they landed decisive blows to each faction. Because you know, both factions are very war torn from battling each other. What a weird turn of events, you know, <laughs> and a great opportunistic move by the Franks. It's like a movie and it's like a plot twist in the movie where these two rivals are at a stalemate and all of a sudden a faction that you've never heard of or except for like, like you said, one little sentence in the beginning of the movie just descends from the hills and just wipes them all out. Yeah. Ugh. And now, and now, now you have the new big bad. However, just as quick as the Franks entered the fray, they had to retreat because of an outbreak of dysentery killed half of their men. Uh, Oregon <laughs> Trail all over again. <laughs> yes. I do not. Oh, there's so many times they say, you know, an outbreak of dysentery and just how you, what dysentery is, how, casu how casually the historical sources are like, yeah, they died of dysentery is like one of the most horrific things to die from but yeah they they well, went they went away when you shove enough people in one location that's uh going to be <laughs> pretty much the that's gonna happen dysentery's gonna happen i mean yeah the i mean even in like world war ii a big pro especially in world war one like more people were killed by diseases than guns so I mean, uh, in yeah. wars, that is often the battle of diseases. Who can outlast those? Yeah, or, you know, even if you uh, don't get killed by the disease, you certainly get weakened by it. Yes. You ain't going to be uh, <laughs> sleeping very well when you're uh, having constant diarrhea from dysentery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, no. I can't. I, I don't know. I, again, this is really morbid, but has do people live after dysentery in this age? Like, obviously, uh, now we probably could handle it, but I think back, you can. Yeah, can I'm sure you just fight people, it off. I'm sure naturally? people survived. Yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, is you have to like replace your fluids. Oh, okay. a big one. So, but that's yeah. like a thing is if you're on a battle, if you're you know around a battlefield, like your sources of water may be difficult, and so. Um, this can be with quite a lot of diseases, to be honest. But like, I think dysentery also falls in this classification of if you catch it, you're, uh, you and everybody else in the area is expelling an awful lot of fluids, okay. which is now contaminated. And so depending on your water sources and things, there's not a non-small chance that the water you're replacing your lost fluids with ingesting also just has more dysentery gotcha in it, yep or whatever yeah. the, whatever the uh cholera virus or, yeah uh yeah yeah cholera is actually a very prime example of that so i think that dysentery falls in that where uh you just like you have a non a fairly non-zero chance of like the the stuff you're ingesting also may be contaminated but yeah. i think it's like your odds of survival are pretty low, but if you keep replacing your fluids, you do have at least a non-zero chance of uh, survival. <laughs> they need to they need to start drinking mead. Ah, well, that's uh, not very <laughs> hydrating beverage. No, no, but it might. <laughs> it's, it's not going to have dysentery in it. <laughs> 
No, it'll, uh, if you drink enough of it, I guess it'll make you maybe feel better. Yeah. If you get yeah. drunk enough, you may just not care that you're, uh, leaping <laughs> off this mortal coil. Yeah. Yeah. So in the movie now, everyone in the audience is like, what the hell was the point of that? And both of the camps looked at the ranks and went, after, you know, the shock wore off, went, okay i guess we gotta you know let's regroup again and vitigus looked at his army and then he looked at the reports of roman forces and then he looked again at his army and he went yeah you know what i get the out ahead now i understand where he's coming from i i'm out of here i'm going to ravenna Ugh. <laughs> so ravenna is it's gonna it was gonna be the um last stand for the tired and battered and beaten ostrogoths vitigus has been trying everything to weaken justinian and get belisarius off of italy he tried creating alliances with rulers that threatened justinian's rule uh, uh like um with the ancient roman and you know constant roman enemies the sassanian empire basically the persians is what he kept trying to get them to incite them to attack rome okay. and you know to send more to uh create more of a strain on justinian's forces and basically all of his efforts failed he wasn't able to do anything he I, he tried and tried and tried until he was blue in the face and for his effort, he was deposed as king. Justinian offered very generous terms of surrender. The Romans would take Italy south of the Po River, which is a lot, pretty much most of Italy, but he left the rest remaining to the Ostrogoths. So that includes the part east of Italy they would have as well, which is a huge amount of land, and you get a, you get to kind of keep your kingdom to fight another day. So. Mm -hmm. you know i'll i would take that especially if you're doing everything you can and still losing so the ostrogothic court in constantinople agreed to these terms but belisarius had other intentions he wasn't he wasn't satisfied while he was in ravenna the ostrogothic nobility offered him the title of western roman emperor and make Vitigus a patrician. And he accepted this. Yeah, so, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. He didn't really accept it, though. He pretended uh, to accept it. Of course. Because Belisarius was loyal to Justinian to a fault. I mean, he was the most loyal dog Justinian could have ever asked for, despite how Justinian treats him. Uh Vitigus was made patrician, but Belisarius grabbed him and Matasuntha, his wife, as hostages back to Constantinople in around 540. Okay. Like, uh, well, we'll see how good of a hostage treatment this is, because that's where wildly variable treatments uh, back in the day. Anywhere from, yeah. hey... You have, you know, you can be in like this, you know, building, city, whatever. You can't leave. Or like you are in this room, you know, you're in this small area. You ain't getting out. 
Yeah, you could be like, um, uh, what is it, Romulus? No, August. Well, not Romulus, Augustulus, where um, Odoacer basically said, gave him, you know, you get the life, nice luxury villa, just stay yeah, away. Exactly. Or, or you could be like Attalus, where your fingers are cut off each time that you <laughs> defied Rome hmm. and sent well, on your way. Hopefully, it was. Uh not not very many yeah uh, so he returned uh so once belisarius returned to italy he followed through with his plan and he formally gave the ostrogothic lands to justinian and sometime around 542 so like two years later childless uh vitigus just dies we he died yeah um not really sure why his wife matasuntha was married off to a cousin of justinian named germanus so that's kind of a nice little slap in the (laughs) in the face after his death uh and that's the really really unfortunate anticlimactic end to the life and ring of vitigus you ready to rate them? Yeah, let's uh, let's get to it. Royal power. How long do you think his reign was through all of that mess that we just went through? I mean, it was a mess, but it didn't seem like it was like that long. He spends, you know, a couple years on like a siege and stuff and... I don't know. It's probably like a like a ten year ten year ruler. Uh, he bailed. Oh, yeah, you uh, you're you're a little uh, what's that called? Uh, over generous, too generous. Right. Uh, he ruled from five thirty six to five forty, so around four years. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you were right right away when you're like, eh, yeah, he he's short lived, but like you you never can account for like the first like year or so if he like, you know. There's always like that weird limbo between like the first and last years. Yeah, correct. Where nothing re- kind of happens, but yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think we have exact dates right now. I'm sure once we get down to, you know, some of the, some of the you know later rulers, we'll be able to actually get down to the exact you know how many months, days, years. <laughs> it's a shame we're not doing U.S. presidents. That's a really easy guess. Yeah. <laughs> 50-50, baby. <laughs> kind of. Except for the ones that die early. Yeah. And 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 there's one uh, exception. What's that? Franklin Roosevelt, who, who served four Oh, that's four true. Terms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He served four. And then you have, obviously, you have some that uh, died, just died early. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know. All right. how the cookie crumbles. But all right. Yeah. Royal power. Let's talk about his his wins and losses. So despite being dealt like the equivalent of a 2-7 offsuit poker hand for his reign, he held up pretty well against the Imperial powerhouse and strategic mind that was Belisarius. Like he had Belisarius had all the resources at his disposal, and he is he's a really good general as it is. On paper, he flat out lost the entire Gothic kingdom. 
That's a pretty big loss. That 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 is a huge loss. I don't think he had a lot of power. I'm I he he uh he's not a I don't think he's a bad ruler. I think in different times he would have been a really good ruler. But yep. I can't give him too much here. How much are you thinking? Yeah, wrong place at wrong time syndrome. Um I I mean I'll at least give like the slight props for kind of coming out of this alive and at least as you know, uh patrician, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So there's there's well, something to be said, even if it's a hostage patrician. Yeah, well, we don't know if he really came it out alive. It's kind of suspicious that he died two years after capture. That's fair, but um, I'm willing to give him. I don't know, like a like a three. Oh, I know that like he's got like really bad marks, but like. I think like the the positives come from that he was like pretty influential during his time, even though the time he ultimately, you know, is the end of the Ostrogothic kingdom, right? I feel like that's so damning. Um, you hey, have to yeah. knock it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's why. Like the only thing I can really like power wise, like he shows like he has control is basically when he called all the soldiers and they he came. militarized the the whole the whole nation that is that demonstrates power so i have to give him some points for that i think only two i i can't give him too much more all right i'm willing to go for a three on this so three and a two for a five all right on to the next one infamy i could not find anything he was a wartime king he didn't have time <laughs> Didn't have time for debauchery. For debauchery, yeah. <laughs> All right, a whopping zero. Zero. All right, easy. Religious passion. Again, war doesn't allow you exactly to be a pious king. It's hard to build churches when your kingdom <laughs> is being threatened constantly. Didn't, didn't have uh, mandatory <laughs> prayer circles. With extinction. Uh, I mean, he could have. He could have had that, but this isn't the Crusades, so. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's focused on survival, not salvation. Yeah. All right. Zero and <laughs> zero. <laughs> he was probably pretty pissed with God, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I would be. I'd be questioning my faith at this point. Yeah, I'd be like, um, let's try that pagan thing again. That seems kind of. <laughs> All right. Stability. <laughs> what, what stability? His entire reign was war inside the kingdom, and he flat out lost. Yeah. Yeah, that's zeros. Z zero. All right. Royal demise. <laughs> his fate is unknown. My best guess is he was quietly killed. So his widow, Matasuntha, and very importantly, descendant of Theodoric would be under Roman control. And being that she was married off right away to one of Justinian's cousins. Yeah. And we have no idea if she was for that or not. So, so zero. Yeah. <laughs> zero. It's not looking good. All right. Legacy. All right. So for the dynasty aspect, uh, for his, you know, his royal household, he died childless and his wife was married off to the enemy. So yeah, his bloodline's not at great. an end. Uh, 
His character, though, remember Amalasutha's episode? He was also in the same hit, uh, which was slammed for not even attempting to put it on a historic foundation. Uh, and uh, I, I can't even remember what the name was, um, but he wasn't a very big part of this big hit. And uh, Wikipedia just mentions that he was in it, but not that, but nothing that his character does. Yeah. All right. And uh, he was also in an alternate history novel called Lest Darkness Fall. And based on the Wikipedia plot line, uh, it looks like a really poorly written fan fiction of theory, <laughs> of history, not <laughs> theory, of history. Yikes. Uh, I'm not willing to give him on that. Uh, yeah, I, it, we're not going to give him uh, Mary Sue uh, syndrome here. <laughs> no, I, I can't give him any points. He left nothing. No. Zero. This is a shame. Nada. For as reasonably uh, good as this guy is, it's just, uh, so, you know. Just because he's scored a whopping five points. You know how well he did when you didn't even need to ask for the score. I didn't, yeah. yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't even need to ask for it. Uh, Despite being awarded a whopping five points, he still has his fate to be determined. Should he be crowned as the highest of kings, just become a minor little lord at court, or be burned at the stake? I don't think he deserves to be burned i mean he did no. a really good no, job for he gets like... no he gets his minor lord yeah i i i agree all right yeah well, it's uh is good he did did good stuff reasonable tactician and ultimately uh just did not have all of the right uh resources at hand he and then still managed to come out alive by running away where there's some some kind of points for that too so for, yeah 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 he must have broke like a thousand mirrors because he had the opposite of luck yeah yeah <laughs> or just cursing literally everyone in before him <laughs> yeah because like it, i mean you have to think about his historical hindsight being that if uh, amalasintha wasn't so like i guess so in bed with rome then there wouldn't be ne nearly as much of like the cause pretense and other things like the conflict wouldn't necessarily existed as much, but also the, the his the hatred of Rome goes pretty far back. So there's I kind mean, of a, I mean, yeah, the, the Roman Rome and the Ostrogoths don't exactly get along. They've been yeah. fighting for hundreds of years by this point. Yeah. There's, there's also the issue of that. They happen to be residing in Italy and you uh, happen to also be in Belisarius's path of I'm going to reclaim Rome <laughs> and all of Italy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No matter how good of a how how good or agreeable you are, uh, you were not going to come out okay on the other end of a conflict, a Belisarius conflict. Yeah. You know, before all of um, like us doing this, I've never heard of Belisarius, but I heard of Justinian. And I kept thinking, oh, wow, Justinian's actually a really good emperor. I'm not so sure now. Like, I mean, he has a, he's a good emperor in terms of power. Like, he has Belisarius to do all his bidding. But, like, he's not exactly doing the best of moves here. Well, I mean, you are only as good as, like, your 
people actually doing that is the true. work. That is true. So Belisarius, you know, he's, you know, Justinian's like, I want to reclaim Rome and <laughs> Italy. And he, and Belisarius is like, all right, let's and, do this. As you wish. <laughs> yeah. Let's go land. Let's go, let's go land ourselves in Italy and work our way, Yeah, work our way through and be damned to anyone who's in our way. Yeah. It's just kind of a crazy, all planets had to align for like, for as bad as like that happened to him. He just, really wrong time in history yeah if he had come like one or two rulerships earlier i think the only way as a king to survive in the ostrogoths at this time like during his rule would probably be if you just dug in and did guerrilla warfare like uh mm -hmm. alfred the great did over in britain i think that's the only way you survive this yeah that's a. Uh... Uh, that invites a lot of trouble too though yes it does so all right well that brings us to the end of another life and reign for an unfortunate soul uh let us know what you thought of vinicus do you think that we were too generous to him do you think he was worse than he got um have you heard of a king who has worse luck uh let us know. Message us uh, via Messenger on Facebook or Instagram at Quest for Power, or you can email us at questforpowerpod at gmail.com. If you would like to support what we do here, please leave a, re a review or subscribe on whatever platform you use. We will read all five-star reviews posted to podchaser.com. Link will be in the show notes for your convenience. As always... Thank you very much for spending your valuable time with us. Discuss nonsense about history. Next time, we are going to see how the remnants of the Ostrogothic kingdom respond to this decisive blow in the Gothic Wars rage on. Until next time, the king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> <laughs>